My name is Riley Murtha, and I am a mindset, self-love, and personal development coach, and also your host. My intention with this podcast is simple, to create authentic, raw, real, relatable, all-encompassing conversations about life that offer unique perspectives around what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve these things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Mercedes. So excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, We were connected by a mutual friend, and we have similar passions, and we have a lot to talk about, so I'm really excited for this discussion. Um, The free training we did recently, I really enjoyed hearing from you, and there's a lot of crossover in what we teach and what we believe and in our experience, so it's an honor to have you come onto the podcast and share that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, the, the training we did was awesome, so I'm excited to dive a little further into everything that we talked about. Amazing, me too. So why don't you just get us started by telling us a little bit about you, like where you are and a little bit about you and your money story. Yeah, oh my gosh, a little. Where do I even start with that? So, um, I mean, I got into, like you said, we're kind of in similar similar areas. Your like money mindset, um, like the energy, energy around money and everything. And that part of it is actually relatively newer to me. I think that's why which I can, I can get into my journey here in just a second, but I think that's why it took me so long for these, like the strategies and the concepts to paying down the debt, saving money, get like learning how to get started investing. I think that's what took me so long to get there. And my like quick little backstory of me, I was $50,000 in credit card debt by the time I was age 25, which is crazy because it's not like I was over here buying like extravagant, you know, $10,000 here or there. It was like the little day-to-day things that added up for me over over what, five, six years, I got my first credit card at 18. And yeah, I, I knew the strategies. So story about how I got into money in general, and just educating myself around it was I wanted to be a well, still am a now I'm a real estate investor. But back when I was 18, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to buy homes, I wanted to buy rental properties, whether that was to flip them, hold them, whatever it was, I was just so excited to get into real estate. And then lo and behold, 18 year old me, Turns out, boom, turns out you need money to buy real estate. So that's how I got into educating myself around money, but I never really learned the mindset piece to it. I kind of just skipped over that. And so it was just like, I always told myself this story of, oh, if I just make more money, things are going to get easier for me. I was, you know, 18 years old as a dental assistant making around $25,000 a year for a couple years. And it's like, oh, when I hit that like $50,000 mark, the $100,000 mark, just let me just make more money and I'll pay the debt down. And it, it didn't work out that way. I just accumulated more debt because the habit wasn't there to manage the money correctly. So that's kind of how the whole debt part started. And then it wasn't until I started to make that six-figure income and started to earn more money that I was like, okay, clearly the thought process I've had for all of these years is not working. I know the strategy and I'm not implementing it in the way that I know I should and could be. And this isn't, that wasn't the life that I wanted. I wanted the freedom. I didn't want to have the nine to five forever. So I I do have a real estate background. I was in new home sales for uh, almost six years. So that's kind of where the, the higher income started to roll in from. And it was just like, I don't want to do this forever. I like what I do, but it's not my plan. I wanted the, I didn't know what it was going to be yet. I didn't, I wasn't in the coaching space yet. I still wanted to buy rental properties and do that and that be my, my job, if you will. 
but yeah, that's kind of what really led me down the path of like actually learning how to pay the debt down and then keep it off and not just, and do it in a way that's not so like hardcore budgeting because that just didn't work for me. I tried it and then I would get back into my old ways. I would like get down on myself if I overspent by a hundred dollars in the groceries category. And like, it was just this process that wasn't enjoyable for me. So yeah, that's kind of how, how I got started. And now I just, I realize now the gap, especially with women and younger women, like twenties and thirties, whether they're just getting started in their career or working their way up the corporate ladder or whatever that looks like for them, there's such a huge gap in just the financial education in general. And it's not really something that's much talked about with family. And like, it's not like I grew up super, super poor. I'd say I grew up like pretty middle class and I just was never really taught those things around money. And a lot of times people don't know the questions to even ask or to Google if it's not something that they're already currently interested in like I was. That's kind of how I started to learn everything. So that's how I got started. I wanted to start to educate women on what was available to them and how to do it in a way that isn't so cringy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, all of that resonates so much. Like our stories are pretty similar. I was in a, by the end of my 20s, I was at a similar like amount of debt. And I think that's really interesting as well. It resonated when I heard you say that last time. It's like, I wasn't buying cars and like, or like I had nothing to show for the debt that I had accumulated basically, because it was like a trip here and an experience here and just living off my credit cards basically. So it's really, I think that's part of like the medicine of these conversations. It's like, there's so much guilt and so much shame and you hear someone like echo a story that's so similar and you're like oh okay I thought something was wrong with me I thought I was the only person who could create this type of mess and it's exactly what you said it's like so many of us have these experiences and it's because we were never taught any other way to do things there's just kind of a fog where it's like figure it out on your own or don't and and that's kind of where where it ends but I think what's really interesting is we're kind of coming at it from you and I opposite ends and meeting in the middle right like I thought I could fix my situation with money mindset alone and with energetics alone like I had none of the the education or the literacy that I needed and I was just trying to manifest myself out of my habits and out of out of the the position I was in and it wasn't until fairly recently I started to seek education and support financially and actually understand the systems that things started to shift really quickly for me. So it just goes to show how both of those pieces are so necessary. And when they come together, like that's when the magic happens. Yes, I totally agree. And I I wouldn't say I'm like new to the manifestation world. And like, I've always kind of known it's existed. I just didn't realize the power of it until probably like a year and a half, two years ago when I really started to dive into it. And it's like, oh, this is the missing piece. And it's, I feel like that's the inner work that a lot of people want to skip over because it almost like seems like it's too easy. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know if this comes up with you a lot because you, that's like kind of your area of expertise is like, oh yeah, all the, the journaling, the affirmations, the this, the that, the belief, I'll get to that later. Like, show me the strategy, show me the numbers. Like, how do I pay off the debt? How, like, where is this extra $300 a month coming from? I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. Give me the how. And it's like, whoa, you got to back up. You got to get into the mindset too. So I love that. That's so funny. I haven't talked to anybody that was like solely mindset first. So yeah. I love that. Well, that's my whole business is 
mindset and self-love and what I was noticing in myself is like every other aspect of my life was feeling really good and really abundant and this was the area that was giving me the most anxiety and lowering my vibration because I had so much shame and like imposter syndrome like we talked about on the free training as well like making money that's easy to me I have no problem with making money but it was the managing money and holding money and knowing what to do with it and even understanding where it was going that was so hard for me and it was creating like it was lowering my vibration so much because it was creating so much fear and so much stress and it was dysregulating my nervous system so I recognized that and I wanted to heal that and I did make progress but I found myself really stuck because I didn't know how to approach the debt like my intentions were really good and I was really 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 dedicated to I, I had this massive trust that I was gonna get out of it but it wasn't until I kind of included the other side and was like okay maybe there's a missing piece here maybe I don't actually understand how to approach this so I'm curious about your your debt journey the the repayment of uh, $50,000 credit card debt what were your big aha like moments or what kind of strategies did you use to get yourself out of that situation what did that journey look like yeah, I wish I could say it was an easy one. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> so it's funny. So when I actually first started like recognizing, hey, this I'm coming down this path that I'm not really like super proud of. Like you said, you don't really it's not really like you're having these kinds of conversations with your friends at like hanging out, right? It's not like, oh hey guys, like what are you doing to pay off the credit cards? It's like, no, you're kind of just this internal battle that you're figuring out with yourself. And yeah, trying to like sleep at night. That's constantly all you can think about. And it's just like, yeah, it was not a fun time. But back when I was probably I'd say right around that like $25,000, $30,000 mark was like, okay, I can consolidate debt. I can I can open up like a personal line of credit. Basically, I can open up um, a loan and get something that's like a smaller interest rate and pay it off in X amount of time and pay less in interest. Like or I could do like a balance transfer and have 18 months interest free and be really hardcore on paying it off in that time frame. Like I was learning the strategies on how to do it and like save the most money during the process. But again, goes back to that money mindset part was that, okay, cool. I'd open up the line of credit. I'd transfer $15,000 to it and I had 18 months to pay it down and I didn't. And then I'd also re-rack up the card that I had just in a sense paid off and moved the balance. So now it was like, that's how I got to the 50 was I was trying to, but again, the strategy only took me so far because I wasn't understanding the true like fundamentals of like, where is the money going? How am I spending? Like how, why is it that I'm spending, you know, $10,000 a month? What the hell am I buying over here? And cause like you said, it wasn't like, it was all these crazy things. It was like $10 at Starbucks every day. Why? Half the time my coffee didn't even taste good. It was just my habit. Cause that's what I did on my way to work. So it was just like little things like that. And don't get me wrong, yes, as I started to make more money, the lifestyle creep 100% kicked in. Um, I'm not going to, like, say that I lived in a cardboard box forever. Like, no, I did want to start to, like, elevate my outfits, elevate my car. Like, I did start to elevate life, in my opinion, a little too quickly. So I'm all about, like, a happy balance. And I know balance can sometimes be, like, a word of, like, ads. Ah, is that really real? Like, what do you mean balance? And I think a little bit of lifestyle creep is totally okay, but doing it into a point to where you're still in alignment with the rest of your goals. Um, so like I said, I think I just did it a little, a little too fast telling myself, oh, I'll just make more money. I'll make more money. 
And yeah, so how I started to pay the debt off was I just got really honest with myself and I was like, okay, we're, we're sitting here. We're like 50 grand. We're wanting to like have a baby soon. Like we're getting married, like all of this with my husband and I, I was like, we're going to get married soon. Like I don't want this debt weighing me down and I want like my minimum payments were like $1,200 a month, just the minimum for the cards. And that's not all the other stuff. We had a house, we had cars, we had other things too, like just life in general to pay for. And it's like, I don't want this stress anymore. I don't want to like start our family off this way. So what are we going to do about it? What am I going to do here? And I, like I said, I wish I could say it was like, oh, within six months, it was all gone. It took me about two years to pay it down. And it truly was just like the mundane. I would sit down. I start to do what I like to call like money dates where every single week I'd go in, I'd look at my budget. And like I said, I'm not a fan of like the hardcore budgets. I tried those and it just made me feel guilty. So I came up with like my own way of budgeting where it was still like gave me some parameters and I could like plan for it. I call it the aligned spending method. And you could plan for your upcoming expenses without like feeling guilty if you overspend in a certain way. Um, so that was really helpful for me because I would plan out, okay, I have, I know I could project my income. I was commission based, but I could still kind of project how much money I was going to be making like a couple months in advance. So I could say, okay, I'm going to have, you know, X amount of dollars come in in two weeks. How are we going to spend it before it actually hit my account? And it wasn't to say that I was just like cutting out all the fun or doing anything like that. Like I'm a firm believer that you can have a little bit of both. You can put extra money towards the debt. You can put extra money towards the savings account that still makes you feel good while still keeping a little reserves for those like fun little luxuries. Like if that's like for you getting like coffee, if that's getting your nails done like every two weeks or whatever that looks like for you to still be able to indulge on date night a couple times a month or something. Cause I feel like, and just, I know from personal experience, when you try to cut everything out, which so many like money gurus, if you will say like, oh, you should basically stay at home and like never leave your house if you're in debt. And it's like, what about the journey? I'd rather it take an extra six months, an extra year to pay this stuff off, to save whatever it is that your goal is and actually enjoy life along the way. So that was kind of, that's how I got started with it was really just sitting down and looking at the numbers. And that's again, a spot that people don't really re like recognize and want to skip over. So I went back, I looked at my last like two to three months of expenses and that was the most eye-opening experience for me because I didn't realize how much money we were spending in certain categories. Like when I did think, okay, I'm we're probably spending like $600 a month eating out just between my husband and I, again, no kids yet, just him and I. I was like, ah, like 600 bucks a month. It was like $1,300 a month. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like it wasn't crazy fancy dinners. It was, it was the Starbucks, the Einstein bagels, the... $10 here, $20 there. That was really adding up every single day. And it's like, I had to ask myself, okay, $1,200, $1,300. If that's like, if I, if it's bringing me so much joy and I absolutely love the experience and that's why I'm doing it. Cool. Great. Let's work around that. But I knew that it wasn't, that wasn't where I wanted that much money to go. And I didn't just like tell myself, okay, we're never eating out again. No, we just cut back little by little the next month, okay, let's see what it looks like to spend $800. Let's do it with a little bit more intention before we actually go through the drive-through, before we go just, hey, let's not cook at home. Let's just go out. Like, let's just ask ourselves, is this going to help us serve our higher goal? Or is it just something because we're feeling lazy and don't want to cook tonight? Like that kind of thing. So it was just those little shifts that started to happen. And then I just got into that habit. And that's kind of how the debt started to started to melt away over those couple years. That's amazing. I love so much, was, so many pieces. That was, that was of a that. very long-winded no, answer. <laughs> that was perfect, and like, 
some of the things that stood out as you were explaining that right at the end, like that mindfulness and just like staying curious with yourself. I feel like that is a huge challenging those habits. Like you said, that's a life changing thing to implement. Like, oh, why am I doing this? Why do I want to spend? Why do I want to spend this? Like that was a huge realization for me. Um, interestingly, like when I quit drinking, I started spending more because one of my dopamine outlets, you know, like one of my coping mechanisms was gone. So I was seeking dopamine in a different area. So I was spending more money on dumber shit almost like eating out more, spending more at Starbucks, spending more on Amazon, like just seeking those little dopamine hits. And I read a book, I mentioned this on the free training we did too, called Dopamine Nation. And it really opened my eyes to just the way that our brain works in terms of dopamine. And that in itself was a really pivotal point in my money journey because I all of a sudden was able to realize that like, oh, I'm doing all of this spending, not because I want any of this stuff, but my brain is hungry for dopamine. And that is one of the only avenues I currently have available because I've taken away so many destructive other, you know, coping mechanism habits. I'm funneling my dopamine needs into my spending. So understanding our relationship to our dopamine receptors and where and how we're seeking dopamine is, for me, was a really powerful part of the journey. And it sounds like that's basically what you were doing as well by questioning these habits and being like, well, do I really need to go to Starbucks? Because I love I love the idea of not depriving yourself. I came from a background in fitness and my whole my whole philosophy has always been moderation, like nothing super restrictive. Depriving yourself is never going to create a sustainable outcome. And it doesn't matter if we're talking about weight loss or debt repayment, right? Like we need to find a moderate way to achieve our goals that allows us to stay in the result or else it's not a result at all. So that, that really resonated for me. And also like, that was the trap that I would fall into a lot too, because to find that balance, as you're saying, it's almost like to find the balance between actually making progress and depriving yourself and in those moments where it's like, well, it's almost like a YOLO thing, right? It's like, well, what's the point of doing this if I'm not living my life and I'm not enjoying my life? Like, obviously I need the vacation. Obviously I need the new outfit or else what's the point of all of this? That's a really tricky thing to navigate. And I think what's really helpful in that is understanding our values, like getting to know yourself and understanding what's actually important to you, because otherwise we are just comparing ourselves to other people and kind of running on society's track and spending our money on things that perhaps aren't even going to be fulfilling for us. Yeah. And I know, um, and even like with me and just people that I've like worked with and talked to that it sometimes wasn't even just the like depriving yourself for a week or two it's like again you get to those like hardcore budgets for like a month two months and you do it's like so good it looks so good on paper you're like oh this is going to be the month it's going to work out like I'm so excited and then you're like a week or two in and you're like again like that depriving yourself of stuff and then it just kind of like all builds up and then two months later it's like you go on this spending spree because you never really let yourself kind of just like like you said in moderation as time goes on or just like enjoy that journey And then it's like, oh, well, I'm just terrible at managing money. Like, this isn't working out for me. Like, why bother? We'll start again next month. And then people get in that cycle for, like, months and years. And it's just, like, again, you kind of just never learn, like, the actual habit of that Mm self-moderation. And I would say another thing for me, too, was I, just in the industry I was in, I was definitely one of, like, 
the younger ones and I noticed looking back now I, I started to realize this a couple of years ago I was buying a lot of this stuff to impress other people like I did start to up level my outfits up level the car up level like everything because I wanted to in a sense like fit in with the people that I was working with too like I wanted to go to the fancy dinners if they were all going to happy hour like I want to come too it was almost like that little sister vibe of like I just want to fit in too guys and so I started to spend more to want to fit in and then like looking back now I'm like for what like for who nobody cares nobody was like so how much is that bag that you're carrying like how much is that dress you're wearing like nobody cares and so I just that was a realization that took me I feel like a little too long to recognize as well which obviously accumulated to part of the debt too yeah that's a really good point yeah so much of it comes from comparison and just looking at what that person's doing and not really questioning if that really even resonates for us in our own value system just kind of playing the game like it's just trying to keep up and trying to do what everybody else is doing which is a really dangerous game to play in any area of our life um but a couple of other things that really resonated as you were speaking the i'll just make more money trap i feel mm -hmm. is like that is what kept me on this path for so long because i know that i can always just make more money and as you said when i started to hit six figure years and I wasn't making any progress financially, that was kind of the eye-opening moment where I was like, okay, something's wrong. Like, I'm making the amount of money that I wanted to make, and I'm not getting ahead. I'm actually still getting into more debt. My debt is still growing, even though my income has grown all of this. Like, I've expanded my income. I have nothing to show for it still. And it was, as an entrepreneur, I think it's a really interesting conversation because it's like, that felt really defeating for me. Like I'm, I'm here to make an impact and I'm here to help other people. But at the same time, it's only fair that we feel compensated for that. And when all of my money is going into this black hole of just trying to get myself out of debt and trying to live, it felt really discouraging. It felt like, well, why am I doing this? Why am I working so hard? Why am I dedicating my life to this if it's not even like registering? It's not even helping me get, get towards my goals. So like you said, I had to start from scratch and I had to like really sit down and look at where every single dollar was going. And I dedicated, I think I dedicated myself to that for maybe like six months before I even started making changes. I just got curious with that. Like I would input all of my spending and it was shocking, like you said. And I was a, I was traveling at the time and I was kind of living in this delusion, like this digital digital nomad delusion that like, oh, well, it's okay because like I don't have rent at home and I don't have expenses at home and like this, this is all doable. And when I actually sat down and started figuring out how much money I was spending, some months were fine. Like some months were okay and that's kind of what was feeding the delusion. But then there would be certain months where things would happen or I'd be in a country that was more expensive and it was just it was just keeping me stuck. So it was really, really getting curious and tracking every single dollar and getting curious about like I was spending thousands of dollars at Starbucks every month. Like it was it was crazy, not when I was traveling, but when I was at home and in those routines and in those habits, those things are amazing. Like how much of your money is is going nowhere. And the consolidating the debt trap is something that I also fell into. And when I heard you say that for the first time, I was like, oh my God, I'm not the only one that did that. And I did that multiple times. And that's what doubled and tripled 
my debt because I had these like really good pure intentions. I was like feeling so stuck and like needing a solution and found the solution, but then didn't have my dopamine and like my spending under control. And it just grew and grew and grew and grew. And I did that maybe even like three or four times. Right. And it's just the, the guilt and the shame and the fear that that creates is really paralyzing and we try and hide it, which just perpetuates the problem. Yes. No, I, I fell into that trap a couple of times too. So yeah, I, I totally get that. Actually, funny little side story with the debt. So like I said, how I was up-leveling up my lifestyle, it wasn't just the credit cards too. So when I did decide to get a new car, because I I tried some of the methods of, I'm sure everyone's like familiar with like the Dave Ramsey, sell it all, drive a beater car and live in a box or live with your parents kind of a thing no shame on that it just wasn't for me but I tried it because I was desperate I was this was when I was early on in the career I don't even think I had quite hit the six-figure mark yet in real estate and I was driving like the car that I had I called it my quarter century crisis I was like 21 loved the car (laughs) and I was like okay maybe I shouldn't have this like $500 a month payment is this really necessary so I sold it but I was upside down on it by a couple thousand dollars and I was like well, it's fine. I'll just get like a personal loan to cover the cost of it because I didn't have the cash saved to pay it off. So I was like, okay, it's fine. I'll, I'll sell the car and I'll get this like other car that I'm not really excited about, but the payment's only half and we'll just ride this out. And it was like, ter- it was a terrible idea, a terrible mistake. I had the car for a couple years, absolutely hated it, ended up trading that in upside down again. Imagine that to get an even nicer car, like a more luxury car than the first one I had. And so it's like, I just kept stacking, like the habit never kicked in of like, hey, we should probably like scale back on this, like the current avenue that you're trying to go down of consolidating and refinancing and all of this stuff that like you do with the best intentions. Like it was funny, I did a video on this not long ago, but I literally to this day, like finally just paid off a three-year loan for a car that I don't even have anymore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I paid that I sold two years ago and it was just like this eye-opening like it sounds good in the moment but unless you have the habit to really like move forward with it and not get sucked back in it's like why bother like again it kind of comes back to that like who cares no one's like oh look at the car she drives she's clearly not successful it's like no one's asking no one's saying that <laughs> yeah it is ego like a lot of like what has driven my spending in general is, you know, it's ego. And the more that we can like get in touch with our soul instead of our ego and be like, what actually drives me? What actually fulfills me? Like very little of that even costs money when we get to know ourselves Mm -hmm. and we kind of insulate ourselves from all of the bullshit that society is telling us that we need to spend our money on. Like the systems, these systems, these traps that we're falling into are traps, right? Like the systems are not meant to create abundance and, and, and benefit us. It's benefiting these systems and these, these corporations. So it's not our fault. And I think that was a huge moment for me when I first went through my sessions with Candace and she showed me what she shows people in those sessions and starts that education process. I was like, holy shit, this is really designed to fuck us over. Like this is really just not designed to get us out of debt. In fact, like there's these traps and these things that disempower us and the lack of information that we have going in. It's like, it's no wonder that we end up in these situations. So I was curious when you were ready to start empower. It sounds like you were really curious about this from a young age, which is amazing. Cause at 18, I was like, 
on another level doing different (laughs) things and like just this was not on my radar for a very long time but when you were starting to seek out this education I know that you're in the states and I'm in Canada so I'm wondering where did you where did you begin your education journey and where did you start to gather that information for yourself Yeah. So like I said, it all started because of real estate. Like I wanted to buy rental property. And so I started to just like read a lot of books on that. And like, that's kind of when I got introduced. I actually don't think I was listening to podcasts yet. I didn't know that was a thing. So yeah, I just started Googling stuff. And then that led me down to like different books to read. And then just from reading those books, they'd mention things on money and different types of loans and credit score and this and that. And it's like, okay, cool. So like, how do I save 20% for a freaking house? Because that's a lot of money. I don't even make that in a year. And so that kind of is what led me down the path of money. And then I've always been drawn to investing like the stock in the stock market too. So I, I think that honestly does come from my parents because I used to help them do like a lot of their filing and stuff. So I'd see like brokerage, like account names, like Vanguard, Charles Schwab. And it's like, what's that? Like, what do you mean it's on a bank? Then what is it? Like, I didn't know what a brokerage account was and what the stock market was. So, and I started to get curious because we have, like in the States, we call it, it's like your 401k with work. I think Canada, you guys, it's like the RRSP for your retirement accounts. And so I started to get curious on that. And I'm like, well, am I, am I utilizing this to the best of my ability? Like I have this available for me. How much should I be putting in it? So I think I just started to kind of slowly, like literally just Google was my best friend. And then I just got like kind of in tune with a couple of just like the same, like similar sites on Google that I liked. And, um, yeah, like for real estate, it was like bigger pockets. And then now I found out they had like a money podcast. So I'd start to listen to that. Um, like nerd wallet was one of my favorites to, to read on their articles and stuff. So I think I just started to do that. And then, I got curious on like a bunch of books. Like I'm literally the person that will read like one or two books a month. And I just personally love like the self-help kind of books. So I would start to read all the ones on money. And I wasn't really in like the business mindset yet because I didn't start the coaching and the business until about two years ago. So yeah, I just started to read a bunch of books on money and how to pay down debt and how to like become, they call it like the fire movement, like financial independent, retire early kind of movement. So then I got interested in that. And it just kind of like one thing led to another. And by now I've probably read like 30 books. I listen to podcasts, like only when I drive, like I'm just kind of addicted to it now. <laughs> so that is kind of what kickstarted it all. But I know not everybody's like that. And like I found in the beginning, you don't really know what you don't know. So there was like so many ways to like help pay down the debt, help leverage debt, use it in a good way. Not, and like, that was the thing too, was so many people are like, well, debt is bad. Pay it off as fast as possible. Like if you are in debt, here's what you need to do. Here's what you shouldn't be doing. And it was just like that shame and that guilt of like, well, I don't have any money saved, but I'm in all this debt. Like, then what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to focus on the debt or am I supposed to focus on the savings? And it was just like, I had to figure out for myself what felt good for me, because as I learned, especially now working with other people too, is that everyone's journey is going to look different. Everyone's comfort level and risk level is going to look different. Even with me, like with my husband, I am more risky than he is. He wants to have like the money in the bank and the this and the that. I'm like, well, let's push the limits. How far can we go here? And he's like, I don't know about that. So it's just like, everyone's different. And so when it comes to like, if I'm in debt and I have no money saved, which one do I focus on? Am I supposed to have three months, six months, a month worth? Like, what's the number here? I I truly believe, and that could be a trap that people fall into, is like, it's like this generalized pay off your debt, live below your means, save three to six months, 
max out your retirement accounts and you'll live a happy life. And it's like, I feel like there's a lot more to that. And yes, that's cool for like your average life, but so many people don't want to live just the paycheck to paycheck average life. So it's like, then what? How can we propel that? How can we set ourselves up to be, you know, millionaires, multimillionaires long before retirement age? Like I want to be able to live life in my 30s and 40s and 50s, not wait until I'm 70 to tap into these millions. Like that's not exciting for me either. So I just, that's how... I got down like that rabbit hole of the investing and learning how to like set myself up for those opportunities because I knew that debt was hindering me and it was just like a huge weight on my shoulders. And I was like, okay, once I could free up this $1,200 a month, like imagine what else I could do with this. And that was $1,200 in the minimum payment. I had to pay a hell of a lot more than the minimum to get it gone in two years. So it was like some months, it was like thousands of dollars on stuff that I had bought four years ago and it felt really shitty like having to put that money away for something I had bought like like you said like Starbucks trips four years ago and it's like really that's what we're spending our money on these days like this is like not where I want to be yeah I heard on a podcast there's a podcast I love called the money love podcast and she had a guest on and they were talking about how we get in this pattern of like all of our money is going towards the past like we're spending our money before we get it. So by the time we get paid, all of our money is going to the past. And that's a really depressing thought. Like, and that is how I was living for so long. It was like, we're constantly funneling everything that we work so hard for into the past, which doesn't even like exist anymore, right? Like it just, when you're able to plan and to set yourself up so that you get to hold your money and decide where to spend your money in the present or in the future, that's a really powerful place to be. And I think for me, for a long time, I didn't even feel like that was a possibility. When I was getting ready for this call, I was thinking about like, what creates debt? Like, how do we get in these situations? And we've already talked about a lot of what I came up with. Like, I feel like the the guilt and the shame and the idea that we need to hide when we get in these situations that just perpetuates it and that just allows it to grow. Like when we shine the light on it and we go like, hey, like I need some help. Like I'm in a shitty situation and I'm not sure what to do. That's when everything starts to change and shift and we we can get supported through that journey. But for so long, I was just like, oh my God, I must be the only one who's this dumb, right? Like this, all this negative self-talk and all of these like limiting beliefs around like, I'm just financially irresponsible. That's like a limiting belief that was playing in my mind for so long. Like I'm just irresponsible. I'm just, I just can't do this. I'm just not this type of person. And I had to really work with those to get that narrative out of my mind so that I could start to work through this. But then as I thought more about this, like the environment that you're in is so important as well. And like, I know that you're not Canadian and you're probably not familiar with this mindset particularly, but I'm super curious about where you grew up and what the kind of the the narrative was around it. But in my 20s, I lived in Vancouver, which is the most expensive, one of the most expensive cities like in the world. It's really hard to live. And there was this kind of mindset of just like, it's unaffordable. We're all in debt. We're all in this together. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it was so normalized to just, like, have no money, have no savings, and be living paycheck to paycheck that I couldn't even see outside of that. And now looking back on that, I'm like, that was really fucked up. Like, it's really sad that we feel that way and that we're in that situation. But the collective just, like, defeat was really poisonous, and it really helped me to just give up on myself for a long while 
Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I live in Arizona, which parts of Arizona, like uh, like the Scottsdale area, are really like high end and expensive. And even nowadays, like Gilbert, like the area that I'm in, is. But I wouldn't say it was like a collective, like we're all poor. This is this just is what it is. But I would say I always told myself that like where I was at was manageable. I was earning six figures, and it was like okay, here's the debt, here's where we're at. This was a little before the full fifty thousand. And it's like, okay, you know, we're paying, like, rent is average. This is before we owned our home. It's like, rent is average. Our car payment's average. Like, we're just average, and this is manageable. And, like, it is what it is because everybody has debt. Kind of like you said, everyone's in debt. It's totally fine. Like, that's just the American way. And I forget what it is now. It's, like, trillions of dollars of, like, consumer debt in America. It's literally insane. And it's like, okay, clearly, like, I'm not the only one. So it's fine. Everything's fine. We're going to just push through it, and this is our life now. But... What I started to realize, too, was, like, I feel like the way people talk about debt is it's, like, it's so bad. You need to get out of it as fast as possible. It should be your only focus. And it was a little more eye-opening for me when I realized, like, while it wasn't my favorite situation, it wasn't as bad as I was making it seem for myself. So, little story, when we were buying our very first home, I was in about 30000 35000 in debt. But because my income was also high enough, it didn't actually hinder me buying the house. Mm. So it was like, okay, I don't like this debt. I don't want to carry around the debt, but I can still live my life and get a good interest rate. This was before COVID, like before other, I'm sure every worldwide rates went crazy, but we were able to, like, I was able to get in the home, do the loan myself, which is my income solely and still have this debt. And it was still like less than what we were paying in rent. And it was like, okay. So that was like a good eye-opening experience for me that it's like, it wasn't necessarily I had to pay the debt down as fast as possible. And this is where I learned it's okay to do multiple goals at a time because I literally for that like year, cause we did a new build. So we like bought the dirt, picked the house and they had to build it still. So we didn't have to actually like put the down payment until the house was done. So it gave us nine months to save. And I was like, okay, I have no money saved. My bank account is literally like savings account is at zero. I have the debt. The debt's not hindering me, but what is, is the lack of savings. So let's just put the debt on pause for a minute, minimum payments only. And we needed to save like $15,000, $20,000 in that nine month span. And so that's where I was like eye opening of like, oh, I can manage multiple goals at a time. And that's totally okay to do. It's like people shove, like pay down the debt. How could you like, what do you mean you're trying to buy a home? You're in debt. And it's like, Yes, but not in enough debt to where it's like hindering me from still living life and making good financial decisions for myself. Once we got into the house, did I go back to paying it down? Yes, I still was racking it up because then I had to furnish the house and do the like backyard. So that did help accumulate to the 50. But I don't know, I just feel like that was like a really eye opening experience of like, oh, you don't have to like solely focus on one. And just because you're in it doesn't mean you can't still life like live life along the way Like you can still make other choices and it be okay to kind of pivot your focus. Yeah. That was one of the most like mind-blowing realizations for me and like literally just recently like in probably Q4 of 2023 when I started really taking this seriously, I was like, "Well, I don't need to, like I had been so focused for like a decade on just paying down the debt. I was throwing all my money at my debt any chance I had. I was waiting for like that magical extra income that I wasn't spending where I could allocate that towards my debt and I would pay my minimum payments and like any extra that I could but it was just never getting me anywhere 
And what really shifted things for me, and I had heard this through multiple books, podcasts, friends, they were like, oh, you have to like split your income. Like you have to put 20% towards this and 30% towards this and know your numbers and all of this shit. And I had so much resistance around that as an entrepreneur. I'm like, my income is completely different every single month. I get paid every single day. Like it's not, I don't have a payday where it's like, oh, I get this much money on this day. Like there's money coming into my accounts every day and every month looks different. And that was kind of mixing me up for a long time. I was almost using that as an excuse. Like, oh, I don't know. I can't like it was, it was, I was lacking accountability in that. And then I came up with a system where it was like, I'm allocating this much money to my taxes, this much money to my debt or this every dollar, a percentage to these different categories including savings and that changed everything because all of a sudden I was realizing that with consistency and with a system I was able to do both like you said I can I can manage my money in a way where I'm growing savings and paying down my debt at the same time and when I got really diligent about doing that with every single dollar I was like what the fuck this is so easy like this is so easy why haven't I been doing this the whole time and then actually just spending from that percentage that was allocated to actual life spending, like my my expenses. I felt the same. So I was in real estate. I was commission-based and I sold new homes. So it wasn't like your typical real estate where it's like I'm helping people like buy and sell their houses and then you get paid in 30 days when they close. No, the way it worked for me was like if I sold a home today, they had to build it still and then I'd get paid when they closed. So it would take like nine months. So it was like eventually it would roll to where like every month you were getting something. But similar, there was some weeks or months where we I didn't have any closings in that time frame. So my paycheck was like nothing. And then the next month could be huge if I had, you know, five houses that were done that week or whatever it looked like. So I had to kind of learn that for myself too. And I fell into that trap of like, okay, they say, yeah, you're supposed to have X here, like 20%, 5%, 15%. And for me, it just didn't work that way because, yeah, same. It was like I could have, you know, 5000 coming in one month and 15000 the next. How am I supposed to live life like a budget around that? Mm-hmm. So I personally, for me, like being commission-based at the time and even now like as an entrepreneur, as you know, it's like every day could be different. Every month is different. And I started to, while I was working on the debt, started to build up that savings account to have like that little bit of not even extra, but just to have like one or two months expenses was my goal because it's like, okay, cool. I now know that I can plan ahead if I've got, you know, a small month coming in three or four months because I could, I did have the luxury of being able to look ahead of time to kind of plan out because again, if I sold a house, I could see when it was going to close. Like I kind of knew it wasn't always a guarantee, but I had a rough idea Mm -hmm. so I could plan. Okay. I know in three months, it's going to be a pretty low month. So let's plan for that ahead of time. And that's where I started to come up with my own, um, like I said, the, like my aligned spending plan is what I started to use because it let me see, Hey, here's the income coming in. Here's how much I want to put in savings. Here's how much I want to put in my investments. That's already pre-covered. It's called like paying yourself first. Like I had to really start to instill that because so many people, myself included, kept telling myself, oh, when I get to the end of the pay period, I'll save what's left. I'll invest what's left. I'll put whatever's extra to the debt. And it, in the beginning stages, it would sometimes be, well, it was usually never anything because it was going on a credit card. And then when more money started to come in, it was like, still either never anything it was like a hundred bucks and it's like well what's that gonna do like why bother I'll just start again next month and then I was never really actually putting anything in so I had to get in that mindset of paying myself first even if it was a small amount a hundred bucks 200 bucks 300 bucks and then it started to get like I started to increase the amount as I got more familiar with it and started to tailor my lifestyle to like hey 
we're no longer needing to spend, you know, $10,000, $12,000 a month on our expenses. That's literally insane. What are we doing? Let's allocate that to some other stuff. And that started to kind of give that shift too. And yeah, I feel like that's what really was like a good like stepping stone for me was to start to build that little bit. I don't even like to call it an emergency fund anymore. I used to, but it just sounded so like not exciting. So I call it an opportunity fund now because it's like, Yes, if the, the car breaks down, the dog needs to go to the vet and it's $800 you weren't planning, you can pull it from that account versus your credit card. But if like a funds like trip comes up, not that I'm traveling anywhere with two children right now, but back in the day, if something fun came up or like a friend's all of a sudden getting married and now you're in the wedding and it's like this whole thing that you like weren't planning for, you still have the money saved and whether it's a, a fun opportunity or not, you could pull from that if needed. I feel like there's such a big... Thing and like stigma on like the savings account and the emergency fund that even people that build it up you could have you know ten thousand dollars chilling in the account and when an emergency comes up you're scared to use it because you're like well what if the money's not coming back what if this what if that and it's like that's what you saved it for yeah <laughs> so I actually love that I've not heard that before and this whole concept of actually saving and like being intentional with my money is new to me and I'm hearing so much about this emergency fund and so as I started to save I was just calling it that and I agree I don't like that it's like a very scarcity very like fear-based way of looking and even like I'm sure you with your world of energetics and manifesting it's almost like I heard this concept like a month or two ago was like with you calling it an emergency fund you're literally asking the universe for an emergency to happen because you're like I'm saving for it Come, come at me tire come at me like broken engine or whatever it is and it's like what about the fun stuff? Like, can't we save for like that spontaneous trip you might get invited to in four months or like something exciting for me now? It's more like kid related, but it's just like the same concept, you know? I love that. That's such a good point. And like, like you said, you're building security for yourself. How you choose to use that money is completely up to you. And I think we need to remove this, like, it has, we have to hang on to it until we're like, you know, in dire circumstances. But I love what you said as well, like this idea of just finding a system that works for you, right? It sounds like we both kind of came to that conclusion of I need something to follow that is catered to me and to my life and to my situation. And once I found that, things started to really flow in a beautiful way. And an experience that I've had, and I'm wondering if you can relate to this, is like once you make a little bit of progress and once you have that little bit of savings, it didn't even need to be a lot. I was like, oh, this is possible. After Mm -hmm. so many years, like literally over a decade of just feeling like it was impossible, I I couldn't get ahead, I couldn't make a change, like this, all these broken promises, all these like lost intentions, you know, like, oh, this is possible. And it started to create momentum and like a fire in me. And I noticed that things were, things were changing in my nervous system. I was so used to living like paycheck to paycheck and like relying on myself to like manifest abundance and like make more money that it almost I feel like it almost turned into a game for me I'm like how like close to like ruin can I live like how big can I live and how like uncertain can I live and I didn't realize the weight that that was placing on my nervous system and how dysregulated I was until I started to build a little bit of security and a little bit of like trust in myself and I was like oh I don't And it's allowing me to show up differently in my business and in my life. Like when bills come in now, I no longer have that like fear and like that reaction in the nervous system and like years of programming is starting to fall away because it's like just having a little bit of like 
um, a cushion is really good for your mental health is what I'm learning. Yeah. 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 That security, like I said, and that's why I got, I used to get so hung up on that. Like you have to have, you know, three to six months of your expenses saved. And it's like, I feel like that's, I know that's going to look different for everybody. Even like me five, six years ago, like pre kids is a very different life and like responsibility than me now with like a whole family and two children. It's like, I, that's a different level of security that I feel like you, you almost need. So like somebody that's like single living life, mid twenties, whatever, or however old you are could be okay with like one or two months of their expenses. And that feels good for them. Whereas somebody neck, somebody a little bit older or having a family, more responsibility, one to two months might be like super scary. And they're like, no, I need closer to that six months because if I lost my job, if something happened to me, like it's not just me that you're worried about now. It's the whole family. Like it's not just you anymore. So I feel like people get put into this, like, should it be three months? Should it be six months? How much am I supposed to be doing here? And it's really not a one size fits all. Everyone's kind of, like I said, got their own like risk tolerance on what they feel is comfortable enough for them. And it's funny how you talked about, um, getting to, um, what was it? Oh, like the, um, I just totally lost my train of thought. Getting to the, uh, I used to have vision boards of, well, I still have vision boards, but I had vision boards of like the debt, paying the debt off. And so I literally had like a thermometer that I would start to fill in. And it was like, at the top was that, that 50,000. And it's like, okay, a thousand here, 2000 here, like 4,000, like, and I'd watch it go up. And it's like, at first you start to build, like, at first it's like, you don't see much progress and you're like, is this working? This is stupid. Like I'm not even making any progress for the first couple months. And then you start to see it and I'd see it every day. And it's like, oh, oh, it actually is working. It is happening. Like, it's all like, yeah. And like you said, you get that fire and it's like, what else can I do? How much can I like, oh, I got another card that checked off the box. Cause I had like four credit cards and it was just like, I don't know. It was really fun in a sense to watch that. And I'd say like the biggest thing is just to know that it's not, depending on how much like debt somebody has, whether it's 5,000 or 50, it's like you like don't have to put a timeline to it for yourself and stress yourself out. Because again, it kind of goes back to that, like living life in a balance of like, okay, yes, you could maybe pay it off six months sooner, but what are you giving up to make that happen? And is that worth it for you versus taking a little bit longer? Yes, you'll pay more in interest, like financially, it like doesn't make as much sense, but mentally it does. And that trade off may or may not be worth it to you. So you have to just kind of ask yourself that. Totally. Oh my gosh. I love you said, I love how you said that about the thermometer because with my clients, I, when we're doing goal setting, I always force them to create some kind of like external tracking system. So whether that's a tracking sheet or something like that you can put on your wall. And like I tell them, I'm like, this feels childish, but like embrace that. Like let this be fun. Let this be creative because there's magic that happens when you can physically, A, it holds you accountable, right? Because you're seeing your thermometer and you're like, oh shit, like do I really want to go spend like $400 on a concert ticket or do I want to fill my thermometer up? Like it, it holds you accountable and it reminds you what your goal is. But the dopamine starts to be rewired when you're you're watching your thermometer fill up and you're watching yourself make that progress and you're like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm creating this for myself. So it's always such a great thing to have some kind of out of your mind, out of your phone, out of your journal, like something that you're seeing in your physical reality every single day that's allowing you to get that dopamine hit. And at the same time, you're building yourself trust. Every time you show up for that goal, every time you show up for yourself, you're physically seeing that accumulate and it feels really good energetically. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, 
I think like in this conversation, it's become clear to me that for me personally, there's been two really important things that have helped me to, I mean, in the last three months, I've paid down almost 20 grand of, of debt. And that was like after many years of just like really not making any progress, one step forward, two steps back. So that feels really monumental for me. And I, I stay curious about like what changed. And I think the main two things have been kind of insulating myself from society's shit. I mean, my whole business is about that, right? Like really getting to know yourself and really questioning all of the societal norms and like getting honest with yourself. Like, do I really need to be spending my money on anything that society wants me to? Like I started saving so much money when I stopped getting Botox and when I stopped buying makeup, like, and stopped thinking that I needed to have a new outfit for every single thing that I ever went to in my entire life. And I needed to look a certain way so that people would perceive me in a certain way. Like all of the inner work that I've done has actually saved me a lot of money, but also like the dopamine, right? Like understanding the way that our brain works and understanding the way that our emotions work. I would spend more money. I, w I will spend more money if I'm feeling lonely or depressed or anxious, right? So having those coping skills and having strong emotional regulation skills, which is another thing that I teach to all of my clients because it's, it drives self-sabotage. Maybe your, your vehicle for self-sabotage is spending and maybe it's not, but whatever the case may be, if you're not able to ride the waves of emotions and you don't know how to sit with those things, you're going to be going out externally and grasping and creating problems for yourself. And for many of us, that is spending. So it's like going within and stop listening to society and stop looking at what everyone else is doing. That was the first thing. And then the second thing for me was creating that allocation system and just understanding my business and my, my situation more. Another thing that I didn't realize was like, I, I had accumulated a lot of business expenses. My business was earning a lot, but it was also costing me a lot. So it wasn't until I was able to look at that and be like, okay, I need to scale that down. And from this point forward, I know exactly where every single dollar is being allocated for me based on my unique situation. That's what started to change everything. And it's been a really exciting journey. Do you yeah. have... Oh my gosh. Yeah. 20,000 in three months. That's amazing to pay off. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It, it yeah. has been amazing. Do you have like a top one or two things that you would that you would say when asked like what really catalyzed things for you or what do you suggest for people when they're like oh if you have one tip on getting out of debt yeah I mean you definitely hit on one of them which just understanding the expenses the number because you can't go and change what you don't actually know or what you're scared to face so a lot of times people are like oh I kind of have a rough idea of how much debt I'm in, but I don't want to open up the card to know because I, I know what's bad, so they're avoiding it. Right. And it's like kind of like how the mindset I was in. Well, it's manageable. I can afford to keep this. and it's, I don't really like it, but I can keep it around. It's fine. Everything's fine. And it's like, well, no. Yeah, get real with yourself. Ask yourself, like, what do you actually – like, allow yourself to dream big. If the debt wasn't there, what else would you be doing with the money? Like, you have to kind of make it fun. Like you said, kind of alluding to it almost being a game because if you're just – putting the money in to pay it down because it's what you're supposed to do. Like it's not as exciting when the paychecks hit to be like, well, here's another couple thousand dollars to it. Like, mm -hmm. guess we'll, guess we'll get this like going. So yeah, I would definitely say going back and looking at the expenses. So you actually can create that plan that works best for you. 
And then from there, still just allowing yourself those little luxuries along the way, not to cut everything out and feel like you have to deprive yourself. So once you see, hey, there's like, here's where I'm spending, like you can kind of categorize it. There's even apps and stuff available that can help you categorize it. Most of us use, you know, digital credit cards and stuff these days. So you're not having to like track your cash. Um, and that was, that was huge was to see, Hey, here's how much we're spending in groceries. Here's how much this, here's how much that. And it's like really eye opening. And then you can kind of say, Hey, I actually don't want to spend this much here. I want to put this here instead. And then you can have that plan before the money even hits the account. And then it just starts to, that's where those weekly money dates come in that I recommend too, is just like sitting down every week and saying, Hey, here, like pull it up. It'll take you a couple, like, it'll take you a little longer in the beginning. It's a new habit you're getting used to. But once you get in the groove, it's like five, 10 minutes a week. Like we can all give ourselves that and make it fun. You don't have to like sit, like hold away, like with your laptop on the couch. Like you can, you know, make it fun, have it, have it be something exciting that you look forward to. And like, Hey, let's pull up the budget. Let's pull up the money. Let's pull up where things are going. Let's future plan. What's, what kind of vacations do we want to go on in the next six months? What kind of things do we want to be doing? How can we plan and save for that? So I'd say it's really to hone it down to like one or two things. It was like kind of like seven I just listed (laughs) was to look at the expenses, see where it's going. And then from there, like actually have that plan of action with you sitting down every single week and really looking at it and just know that it's okay. If it takes a little bit of time, it's going to feel clunky at first. It's going to feel awkward. You're going to feel like you're still probably terrible at managing money a month or two in. And that's totally okay. And totally normal because you're still like getting in that habit. I'm sure, you know, they call it like habit stacking. Once that becomes like easy, then you can move on to the next and kind of start to incorporate more into it. So yeah, that would be my my recommendation. And it's okay to, to change as time goes on too. That was such a big thing as well. It's like, oh, well, this is what I said my spending plan was going to be. And then six months go by and I'm like, well, it's not really fitting my, like what I'm wanting anymore, but what can we do to make it like different? Like, is that okay to make a change? And that it's totally fine. If you're like, hey, this random trip came in or this random like expense came up, let's pivot. Let's let's change it up a little bit. And that's okay to kind of go off track and then circle your way back around too. Yeah, I love that. Um, I love the money dates thing. I think the this concept of like romanticizing it and mm-hmm. just like making it vibey and like letting it be enjoyable is really important. Um, I always say like with behavior change, any behavior change, a low vibration motivation creates a low vibration outcome, right? Same thing as going to the gym. If you're going to the gym because you hate yourself, your your result isn't going to feel good. You're not going to get that outcome that you're seeking. But if you're going to the gym because you value your physical body and you love yourself and you know that you deserve to be in your best possible mental health and you want to avoid injury and like pain and all of this stuff, like that's going to be really sustainable and that's going to feel really good when you achieve, when you like stay committed to that. Right. Same thing with debt repayment or creating wealth or any of these goals. If you're doing it because you feel like a loser and you're trying to outrun yourself and you're, you hate the situation that you've created and you have all this shame and guilt, that's not going to get you where you want to go. It's almost applying a self love lens to this. It's like, I'm going to spend time with myself each week looking at my habits and looking at my spending and understanding myself because I deserve that. And I deserve what's on the other side of that, which is safety and security and abundance and opportunity, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I literally call it like becoming her, like embodying that person that you want to be, even if the physical reality, like you open your bank account and you're like nowhere near where you want it to be. Just knowing like envisioning how like that future version of yourself was going to live that wealthy version of you whatever that looks like whether that's 
monetary stuff or or not um maybe it's just like that freedom you crave freedom with your time freedom with your family freedom with the money um I always uh what did I see the other day and I loved it it was like luxury isn't always necessarily like monetary stuff it's not the mansion and the yacht and like the things that we sometimes deem as luxury it's honestly just like having options in your life saying like yes I could go and buy this bigger better home or I could take three months off of work and be totally okay with that. So that's kind of the lens that I've been looking at it lately is just like what kind of opportunities can I set myself up for for success now and give myself, you know, in 5, 10, 15, 20 years that I might not see now, but 20, like 20 years from now, me is going to be so thankful that I took the time to set myself up for that later on in life. So yeah, connecting to your why and like really understanding mm-hmm. what your motivation is for changing your financial situation. Like maybe you want to be a millionaire and you want to ball out and you want to do all that shit, like whatever, you want to drive a Rolls Royce. Okay, sure. I mean, I would question, I would get curious with that. Like why, 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 why? And see where you yeah. end up on that. But there's so much more than that. Like maybe it's just to feel safe and secure in your life so that you have options, so that you have opportunities. Maybe you want to help people maybe you want to make a difference maybe you want to support your family maybe you want to like do things that are good for the world there's so much more than just being like just buying shit for to buy shit right like there's so many other reasons that we can want to create abundance in our lives we need to like really tap into what our higher self would do if we had all the money in the world like good there's a lot of good people doing really good things with money aside from just like being completely like indulgent right so allowing ourselves I'd say like mid 20 year old me was super materialistic with stuff obviously hence the debt and (laughs) now like having kids and like being in the nine to five that I didn't really want to be in anymore that was a big shift for me was it wasn't about like yes I wanted to create more money but not for the reasons that I had initially thought it was for it wasn't necessarily to get like the better car the bigger house the bigger better whatever it was like I want to be able to like take the kids to the park on a Tuesday afternoon or like a Tuesday morning because I run my own business and can drop everything and say like, come on guys, let's go. Like that was the life that I wanted to be able to live. I wanted to be able to say yes to 17 different kids activities because I wanted to be there and I wanted to have the freedom of my weekends back because the job I had, you worked on weekends and I wanted to be the mom that was there at all the events. And so it's like, I feel like that has shifted for me because I have a two and a half year old and a seven month old now. And so it's like, that's the lifestyle that I wanted to build and create. And while, yes, it's like a lot of work now we're in the building phases, I just know that it's going to pay off like in the years to come and that five, 10 years from now, me is going to be so thankful for the choices and things that I've done now instead of waiting. Cause I feel like so many people put their dreams on because it doesn't seem realistic for them and they don't think it's very possible for them. So yeah, I feel like that's just like, I could go off on a whole nother tangent on that. So I'll spare that. But (laughs) no, that's such a good, a good point. And I know that like I myself, um, am ADHD. And I think that for people who are neurotypical, it can be harder to connect to that future self. It's all just like very much like in the moment impulsive. It's all about right now. It's harder to get out of that instant gratification mode. So that's another part of the conversation as well is like, we're not all neurotypical. For some of us, we have such a hard time even understanding the concept or placing ourselves in the future and understanding those consequences. So I think the more that we can understand and the more that we can, yeah, like 
tap into that future self and the gratitude that they would have for us to make these changes and receive the benefits. That's a really powerful motivator as well, for sure. Yeah, no, I love that. Like I said, that could be like a whole nother, another thing, but yeah. Yeah. I know that we are pretty much like wrapping up here. I have one question for you that I would love. I think a lot of people are probably curious about. I know that it's something that really appeals to people and they're always really curious about that jumping off point, like leaving a nine to five and starting your own business. How did you do that at the same time as repaying your debt or like, how did that all fall for you? So it kind of fell, it was not planned. And I would say if I could go back, I wouldn't say I'd do it differently, but so I started my business two years ago and I, I left my nine to five before my business had even generated a single like dollar. And I know most people would be like, what? But it's because I had a cushion. I had set myself up with a cushion. So like I said, I've been very much into real estate investing and things like that. And we happened to have sold a home at the height of the market that helped kind of, we put a lot of it back into more real estate, but it did help build our savings. This was, the debt was already gone. The debt was already paid. So that wasn't like the debt was already done past that point. But when we did sell that house, it helped us build the savings cushion a little, a little higher than what it currently was at. And I just knew in my particular situation, being in the real estate market here in Arizona, where I live, it was going to be a really down year for me to stay in the job. And I was like, okay, I can either keep growing the business on the side. Like I have been, it might take an extra year or two to get it where I want it to go, where I know what's going to be. Or I could take this leap of faith on myself because we had set ourselves up for that. I knew we had, you know, some cash in the bank. We have investments. We had other resources that we could tap into that I had been building for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I set myself up early on to build that opportunity. Um, It didn't start to finally compound until maybe two years ago. Um, So I definitely wasn't like sitting on a hundred grand, you know, while I was in debt, that was not the case, but I did build all this all at the same time. And then the debt was gone. I paid the debt off uh, probably, yeah, it took me two years. So it was about two years ago now that we've like had that debt gone. So then we could really hyper-focus on the investing and the saving portion. Again, building up like that opportunity of like when something comes my way. And so when that opportunity came to say, hey, I can either sit through a year, nine months of making almost no money in real estate because nobody was buying homes. People were canceling. I was actually losing money. And I won't get into like how that whole structure, pay structure worked. But basically I was going to like owe my company money when the commission started to finally kick back in because they have a draw system. So I was like, okay. I'm probably going to make maybe 30 grand in 2023. So I can either do that or I could go all in and just take that leap of faith. Know we have our savings to kind of help ride us out a bit while we grow the business and do the things. So that's what I did. It took a couple of weeks of like back and forth of like, is this the right move? Is this crazy? What are we doing here? And cause again, it's not just me anymore. Like I have a family now. So it's just like, It was a bit of back and forth on it, but ultimately that's what I like decided to do. And then, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting ride. It did not work out. I shouldn't say it didn't work out. It's, I don't know if I would have stayed in the job for that, but for anybody that's like, should I leave the nine to five? Should I do this? I would personally, just for the sake of like your mental health, probably have some kind of income coming in the business (laughs) before you decide to leave. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how it went for me and I'm still obviously gra- glad that I did it I've had 
A, so much time to work on the business because I'm home. Our daughter at the time was still in daycare and I was pregnant. So our son wasn't born yet. So I had a lot of free time to build up the business. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of how it's, how it's gone from there. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's really interesting. That makes sense. I mean, you getting on top of your debt created the opportunity for you to create this like dream business of yours, which is really cool. And I know that a lot of people have so much fear when they take that that leap from the security, mm-hmm. I'm air quoting the security of a nine to five into the uncertainty of being your own boss and having your own business. And I know that I'm hearing you when you say that you would potentially wait a little bit, but I always, what I've noticed, I've noticed it in myself, I've noticed it in other people is when you have a plan B, you're not all in the way that you would be if you don't yeah. have a plan B. And so I think that everything happens the way that it's meant to happen and it's it's cool we're actually on a very similar timeline and like it was COVID that kind of shoved me into the unknown and I was like okay I'm gonna take this and run with it so it's cool to hear your your version of that yeah I honestly feel like how you mentioned the mentioned the plan b I think that's why my first like official year of going all in didn't go as planned because in the back of my mind I always knew I could always go back right. if this doesn't work out I gave myself these timelines if it doesn't work out in three months I'll go ask for my job back. If it doesn't work out in six months, I could go do this. I could go do that. And I I kind of had this like one foot in, one foot out for the longest time. And yes, I was still working with people. I was still building, but it wasn't as fast as I was thinking it would be. Like I thought I was going to have this six-figure business in three months and it did not happen that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that could be like a false little bit here too that looking back now, it's like, okay, I could have made some other changes. Like I do I regret going all in? No, I think it was such a good choice. I just wished I would have used that momentum a little bit differently mm. looking back now. Yeah. But um, other than that, like I've already seen the difference now of like I've been on my own in a sense when it comes to business for a year now. I don't see myself going back to a nine to five. So it's like, no, like this is it. We're, we're doing this. And I can already start to see even just in the couple of weeks we've been in 2024 of just like the momentum finally feeling like it's building on and kicking in. And it's like, okay, like, like we're doing this, it's taken off, it's going, like, let's go kind of vibe. Yeah, it definitely takes time. I mean, we could have a whole nother, a whole nother conversation, a whole nother episode about that journey, but I, I really appreciate that. I was just curious about the timeline of, like, the debt, freeing yourself from the debt, and then also, like, those are two really, really monumental things that inspire a lot of people, so I just was curious about how those landed in terms of timeline for you, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, two years to pay off debt and then two years to like really kick in the the investing and the real estate and just like the way it worked out to sell stuff off and that's just kind of how it worked. So I'd say it was, it didn't take two years to to build it all. It was like 10 years in the making, but it kind of paid off towards the end. Yeah, amazing. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are curious about how to get started in investing. Is there anywhere that you or any advice that you give people who are brand new to investing and are curious about how to educate themselves and how to get started? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to investing, I always like ask yourself, for me, there's like the two main spots. Do you want to do real estate or do you want to get into like the stock market kind of investing? I personally love both and help people kind of understand both, but most people lean towards more like, the retirement accounts, the 401ks, the uh, the RRSPs, all of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there are so many resources. Like I said, that's also what I help educate people on too is how to actually get started, what that could even look like for you. I had to Google what the heck's a stock, what's a bond, how do I know what to pick and buy and what am I looking for here? And that's like a whole other like avenue on its own. 
So for someone just getting started, that's like, I want to build myself. Like I want to live this wealthy life. I want to like have, you know, millions, multi-millions in the bank in 15, 20 years or whatever that looks like for you. It's okay to start small. And if you're starting out with like just your, your retirement account, that's totally okay to get yourself familiar with it. And then you can open up your own like brokerage accounts. And that's pretty confidence like worldwide. It's not just to the U S here. Like it might be different banks and different brokerages, but it all essentially works the same and you can start to put, you know, $100 away, $50 away a month. Like you can start small. So many people think, oh, only the wealthy invest, only the wealthy use the stock market, only the wealthy buy real estate. And it's like, no, there's literally like accounts now where you can open up with like $25 and get going. Like the whole idea is just to start because the sooner you start, the more it starts to compound. And that's kind of what worked for me. You know, I started 10 years ago. Well, yeah, eight or 12 years ago. And I started when I was 18 with just my, my company's 401k, they offered a match. If I put in 2%, they put in 2%. At the time, it was literally like $25 I would put in it, but then they would match it. And it started to grow and started to, to like do stuff and like start to see a result with it. So that's where I would start is just like seeing what is available to you, whether you're working in corporate and there's some kind of retirement plan that they have or if not, there's, depending on where, you at, where you're where you living, there's ways you can open it up on your own. And just starting out small and just kind of getting familiar with that. And when it comes to, like, how do I learn how to do it? Um, I mean, there's so many. I mean, like I said, I personally just Googled everything. But there's so many faster ways to learn now. Like I said, that's, that's exactly what I, like, help people with, too, is um, figuring out what's available to you and how to start looking at it. Um, and then, yeah, just... There's a lot of like online resources and stuff too. Yeah, I love that. I think it's just shattering the idea that a lot of people have that like this isn't for me or this isn't available to me, right? Mm-hmm. And this this idea that you can start really small and it just starts with seeking that education. So yeah, where can people find you? Yeah, so I am on Instagram and and TikTok. I know it's like, whew, but yes, I'm on both at um, both like same username. It's um, just at mercedes.a.collins. And then, um, like I said, that's that's like my bread and butter too, is helping you not only the strategy of getting out of debt, saving, and learning how to start investing and what that could look like for you, but like like you said, kind of pairing it all together and just like, okay, but like how do I actually make this work? Like this all sounds great on paper, but like what am I actually doing here? And getting through like the real life of it. Um, so I have a membership. It's called the Abundance Generators. And then I also have like if you're ready for like that next level, you're like, okay, I've got – I want to focus more on the investing side. We do have a, a, a mastermind um, with that too. So super fun. I have my own podcast as well, The Abundance Generators. So yeah, that's, that's we're gonna be find me. recording an episode for your podcast this week as well. So yes. both of those sound amazing. The membership and the mastermind both sound so incredible. So definitely, I will tag you in the um, episode notes so that people can find you. Um, there's one thing that you said earlier that's sticking in my mind and I just want to share it. I think in terms of understanding ourselves financially, like our attachment style, our attachment style really kind of dictates how we're relating to money. You mentioned a lot of people are avoidant and I know that a lot of people are avoidant, but I myself am an anxious attachment and I've never avoided. I like look at it and I'm like in it and I'm like wanting to solve it, wanting to solve it. So it's just really interesting to kind of understand our tendencies and how we're relating so that we can support ourselves through that process. And it's, it's interesting to realize that we are all so different on that journey. But 
I'm so, so grateful for your time. Thank you for coming on and sharing all your wisdom with us. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tag all of your um, accounts down below so that people can find you. And I'm looking forward to having a conversation on your podcast. What's your podcast called? Um, the Abundance Generators Podcast. Oh, so. I love that. Yeah. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I look forward to having you on mine in here in just a couple days. <laughs>